Toronto 9000, the official podcast of 1900hotdog.com, the final media website, the only place you can find high effort comedy articles daily. Support our all-star cast of hilarity technicians at Patreon, patreon.com slash 1900hotdog. It rules. I am the inventor of being funny on the internet, Sean Baby, and my partner is Der Honkenberg's Ser Gustafsson von 2000, the great Robert Brockway. I don't speak German. I'm assuming that was deeply insulting. How dare you? <laughs> how, how dare it? How dare you? Uh, here's a thematic Brockway fact. Uh, I once had to do a photo shoot for a magazine that involved shaving me and putting on eyeliner. No follow-up questions. Oh, I mean, I saw the pictures there. I got them embroidered on my pillows. Uh, today we are doing reader mail. Bless this mess. This this mess. Yeah, we've never done this before, but I think it's going to work. We got um, we actually got a lot of uh, good and insightful questions from Twitter and Discord. Um, I don't know if you have experience with this type of thing, but I've normally found this to be a disaster because. Uh, there's nothing really worse than a zany joke question, and that's usually what you get when you're like, hey, everybody, we're doing a reader mail. Uh, but anyway, we'll we'll probably talk a lot about writing uh, process, and, and that part will suck, but we'll also talk about ourselves, and we are fascinating national That treasures. part will rule. That part's so, going to yes. get so much ass. I wish it was <laughs> just that Congratulations to the listeners. Um, yeah, I... I if people have really long memories, uh, I used to have a guest book on my uh, website, like way back in the day, like in the late 90s, early 2000s. And now for our younger <laughs> listeners, a guest book. <laughs> right. It was like a comment section, exactly like a comment section, but that's not what we called it. Uh, I mean, what I did is I took it and uh, I took the, get, the, the guest book entries. And then on the other side, I would add my response. And I was overwhelmingly negative, like. I just had no patience. Uh, I was a monster dick. And um, this sort of ended up being the game at that point. Like people were like, oh, I'm going to say something intentionally stupid. And that definitely got uh, like a roasting, but not the kind they were going for. Right. Or, or maybe that was. Um, we have things now called lol cows. You see them on the internet where someone will fuck with like the mentally ill and then get them to do silly things. So it's sort of it was like that. Uh but you were the mentally like, ill person. Yes, right. Where they would try to fuck with me because they liked seeing me get grouchy. And so very quickly, I can see how like what we've done is socially engineer like an unhappiness like uh, chain reaction for me alone. So I kind of quit doing that. Um, and I think for probably maybe five or six other media outlets, I've done a, a version of reader mail and it almost always is just like, here's a here's a question that's so funny. And then your response is like, yeah, okay, fucking great question. Like, who would, <laughs> who would fucking answer that, you fucking idiot? But uh, we didn't get much like that, which is great. I, it's hard to resist. I know people, when they write to, I'm sure you get fan mail like this, where someone's just trying to be funny, and it, it's just, you know. Every once in a while, one time, yeah, I think just the one time, one time I got <laughs> it in person at a con, and they just mm. followed me around. Just oh, trying to be funny at me and leaving me no like, because there has to be an opening for me to do something too. But it was just you like, thank you. like they had prepared a a, a tight, I want to say a, a nice tight one hundred and twenty, and they just were like, I was just there to like nod along, and uh, yeah. that was terrible. That was a bad con. <laughs> yeah, that sounds fucking terrible. 
I, uh, I've mentioned this in the podcast, but I had a folder uh, called Cheese Weasel, and it was it would search emails for the words cheese and weasel and dump them into like a spam, like a local spam. Because <laughs> when when people are trying to be funny with their with their fucking nonsense, they they in just sort of end up on those wheat. Yeah, they just end up on those words. I, I eventually those words became like bacon or you know whatever the fuck. But like for a few years there, I got a lot of uh, a lot of cheese weasels. Um, <laughs> Got me a lot of cheese weasels. <laughs> so, I don't know. Are you looking forward to this? This was kind of thrown together. Uh, I don't know. Just because it's nice, I think, to interface with, with readers every now and then. What if I said no right now and we just stopped the podcast and that was the podcast? <laughs> we'll put That's it up. That's fine, too. We'll I, I was suggesting, hey, we should watch an episode of TNT and then just <laughs> the bit would be we bail on this five minutes in. But you're no, like, we're no, no, no. The, we're doing the reflecting. That I don't. I can't foresee too many occasions where I have to be earnest, which is uh, which is the part where right. I'm uncomfortable. Uh, but yeah, no, we can do some we can do some questions, or or fucking I'll always do TNT. Yeah, have you watched any more of them? I watched TNT. the Ninja one and the Gypsy one. I haven't watched any yet. I was uh, saving those for a special occasion. I started Actually, to I just... watch the Parrot one. The Good, Parrot great. one. I mean, Ninja is top of my list. I, Ninja, that was the one way I was up there. It does not disappoint. It oh, absolutely because wait. they make up, they make up what they think ninjas are. Like <laughs> they know that they dress in black, and beyond that, they're like nobody knows what. It, nobody knows they that's Japanese. This is 1990. Mysterious. Like you can't, you can't look <laughs> it up. I imagine that there's some budget concerns too. So they're like, all right, we can do ninja stuff, but like he can't do anything cool. It all has to be in camera effects. Yeah, I mean, he can't do anything like special effects. It's true, but yeah, but there's some ninja shit. There's definitely some ninja shit in there. And really, if you're asking for more than ninja shit happens and Mr. T is present, I I don't even know what to tell you. I don't know that yeah. you're asking too much. You have enough. It's uh, <laughs> well, let's get started on our questions. We have um, one that I got on Twitter from uh, Ace. And they they write, uh, how can I write for one nine hundred hot dog? Which you is can't. actually like next question. Yeah, <laughs> suck it. <laughs> we have, uh, yeah, I guess we're kind of pretty saturated with writers, which is uh, an excellent problem to have. Um, but for aspiring writers, uh, I should let you know this avenue for ex- for creative expression is d- is dead. Uh, we're the last ones doing it, and we're full. Uh, but writing samples are good, of course. Um, I think, but yeah, obviously, everyone who writes comedy articles like we enjoy are, uh, they're either dead or already working with us. Um, I'd say, uh, despite writing samples being so important, I think a pitch is probably, uh, more important. Like, uh, for us, especially, it, it demonstrates like that you have a good eye for the kind of crazy that works as a, as a hot dog article. So, um, I, I use this example a lot. Like if someone pitches Sharknado, uh, that's nothing. That's like less than nothing. Even assuming you could describe Sharknado in a funny way, what's uh, the story? Maybe I sound like an asshole, but uh, there kind of has to be uh, like a hook or some sort of second surprise weirdness. Otherwise, you're just a guy who watched Sharknado and came to the only possible conclusion that that wasn't a good movie. Uh, so if I'm being completely honest, you sometimes don't find these hooks until you start working. So there's a lot of wasted time in this uh, in this endeavor. Um, there's a lot of articles. 
Yes, definitely. Uh, there's a lot where I start and I, I think I'm just going to like roast something inept, right? And then I discover the hidden hot dog. Uh, I, like I just did a spanking book pretty recently and I was like the beginner's guide to spanking. I thought that was very funny and very square. And then as I read the book, I realized what was funny about the book is that the author was such a narcissist that she had sort of created uh, this very insular, stupid little world where she's like so special and unique. So the whole book was about how she could get spanked or do the spanking, which is no one's in, people think that doesn't exist. Like she's the only one. And I thought that was the fascinating part. Uh, stuff like that happens. Demos are probably the best example of this because he was uh, like an ordinary sex creep writing pickup guides. But then, uh, his publishing history, it tells the story of him failing and failing and turning that desperation uh, into this like second like I extra like level the, of desperation where he's like so writing hidden, books literally about how to beg God to take away the sadness. <laughs> the You're saying the hidden comedy hook in Don yes. Diebel was yes. that there was more sadness than you would expect. <laughs> yes, a supernatural level of sadness. And that's where the comedy comes in. Otherwise, that's, that's what's yeah. funny, baby. Because I think everyone fucks at least for a few years of their life and where they're like, oh, I, I've, I understand how to tell people how to do this, right? Like you get laid, you're like, oh, I could just recreate that for others. Um, so it's not interesting that someone figures out that that's impossible to do or they're not good at that. Listen, but. you just you just do as I do, right? First step, <laughs> kill your dog. You got to kill your dog every single time. Like that, you, She'll try to give it mouth to mouth. You act horrified. She'll feel yeah. terrible about herself. She what will. man would want her? She just made out with the dead dog. Boom. <clears throat> Checkmate. This is a real Don Diebel story. He has copy and pasted for decades. Um, <laughs> That's so it's, like, his one, it's his most <laughs> successful story, I would, I would argue. I would say so, yes. Uh, so, yeah, he's deep as shit. I would say not all the stories are external like that, though. Sometimes... Like just describing a movie or a book can have its own narrative structure or framing device or a presentation that makes it work. Um, that being said, it, I don't think I'd trust that in a pitch from someone who wasn't proven. Like if they, someone came to me and said, Sharknado, but like a coloring book, that would probably just piss me off more than the Sharknado part. Um, and I should say, uh, the Sharknado style pitch is probably like 80% what we would get. It's true. Yeah, we get a lot of... Maybe not just like, at 1-900. It's not exclusive to Hot Dog. It was at Cracked, too. It's just... It's like most people that want to do this don't actually have like... Uh, I, I guess they don't have a cursed library that has been carefully nurtured over several decades. Of course. Uh, to contain only material that is anti-life. So, <laughs> so, okay. so it, it feels it's, like you're talking specifically about me now. I, I'm getting there. I'm getting there myself. Uh, so it, it's an uphill battle to actually get something that's that weird that they should cover. And then it comes down to a pitch and it's just, it's hard to do. And then everybody, because nobody on the internet does this because this does not exist anymore. All of those people have other jobs. All the, all the smart people yeah. got real jobs. So true and w the ones that didn't uh baby we got them all uh, we're scheduled out to i think uh, like late january february something like that and only getting more so yeah and they're all great it's um, yeah the rules but like uh, when uh swaim said he could do a bi-weekly and you're like you say to me like yeah I don't know, that's more spots than we have i'm like fucking we gotta squeeze them in like i'm not gonna this is fantastic it's a great problem to have
Yeah, we had to delete a day. <laughs> yeah, we we'll just we used- we'll get rid of we'll get rid of Wednesday to make room for more comedy. <laughs> yep. Um. So that's I I love it. Um. It is the best job. I would encourage other people to find a way to make it work. Uh, but uh, it doesn't. We're the only but, ones. Uh, sorry. Yeah, but there are two spots, and we have them. <laughs> right. And, and if you're not taking, if you if you take us. Well, you fair play. <laughs> fair. Oh, sure. <laughs> if you take us honorably, it's Highlander rules. Uh, everybody uh, will rejoice. Well, are we going through every one of these or picking our favorites? Because there is, I, f- I want to say, a hundred. There's a lot of them, but uh, yeah, whatever. Let's go through, and if 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 we bail on one, we can just cut it. There's some towards the bottom that I want to that I want to okay. get into. I um, want to make sure we're. If getting. you want to pick the next one, that's fine. Or okay, let's do one that's more. Mechanical. Here's here uh, W D B two. The two is Roman for two. Uh, okay. Asks. Uh, also, what happened to the Poxco store? That's a that's more to do with the site, and we get that a lot. I'll answer uh-huh. that now. It's gone. It's gone. Is your answer? It died. The it died. The shirts were bad. Uh, no, the shirts. I mean, the shirts were kind of bad. Oh, wrong. Uh, but they started. Uh, no matter what you ordered, they started sending people a shirt that just said 1969 on it. <laughs> and we couldn't get them to stop. Yeah. <laughs> like they, and they just, they don't have anybody that answers questions. There's some sort of robot that they have running the whole thing. And the robot was like, everybody gets 1969 shirt. And we're, we couldn't do anything about it. So we deleted it and we could find a new venue, but they're all like this. And it yeah. sucks. So like, I don't know. We, we were, I was looking at Printful. Which is another fucking exact same thing, and I'm just not jazzed about it. I, like took the wind out of my sails to, to do the dozens of hours of work, uh, just for a fucking robot to decide that that shipping bin six is what everybody gets now. <laughs> yeah. So until we can be like, uh, you know, uh, hooked up with a good store, then we're probably just we're just not going to sell shirts. Yeah, that was we nice. Thinking, I like selling merchandise uh and it was uh, great it was great getting like i I was jazzed on like hiring hiring rusty and hiring mvb mm -hmm. and and will black and brett ellison and and whoever else we can get to just do funny shirts like that's great i love it but it sucks that there's no good way to actually get that product to somebody so what what we were kicking around we don't know if it's going to happen is making locking the store to like a, a tier and then just making everything at cost so that we don't make profit on it and you can just mm. buy whatever design on whatever you want and and deal with it from there. Sure. You do it. You do it yeah. is the answer. What happened to the Poxco <laughs> store? You didn't start one. Uh, this is another good technical question. Uh, Michael Foley asked if uh, we have any plans for a completely meat-based podcast. Um... I would say no, but I got nothing against it. Like if you want to do like Sketchfest or something, like that might be fun. But and I, I, I'm not a big like public performer guy. That's kind of why I got into writing and not uh, TV stuff. Because whatever, whatever wiring people have that like that makes them perform, I do not have. Like I, I don't like before it happens. I don't like when it happens, and after it's over, I'm more happy that it's over then i'm like yes I, we fucking did something together yeah i'm the same way i, I yeah. don't i've i trial by fire i learned to not mind it so much because when uh 
when I did the book tours for for my novels. Hey, I'm gonna plug my novels. That's a oh, no, good, I'm not, good idea. I don't get anything for that. Never mind. <laughs> Fuck those guys. Uh, <laughs> don't read. Readings for chumps. Uh, no, when I did my my book tours, they for my novels, they put me on uh, on a lot of venues, and uh, the very first one was San Diego Comic Con on a panel with a lot of other just real out-of-my-league heavy hitters. And that was my first public appearance in, like, a professional capacity ever. And there was, like, 5,000 people there. I had no... There was no briefing. There was nothing. They were just like, all right, oh, Jesus. let's go. And then and then after that, I had to do that every single day in a different city for, like, two weeks. And then, you know, we did, we did the tours a couple of times again. I learned that I'm not great at it. Uh, I don't like it. Other people don't like it, and uh, did other people tell you were good at it though? Like, are no. you just being too hard? Okay, no, <laughs> so you might really not, not be good at it. No, I'm very much not good at it. They 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 told me that I was not good at it, and why? Uh, sometimes at <laughs> okay. great length. I think uh, you're good I've, on the podcast if that uh, if you're like fishing it, for compliments. That's me and you and like somebody else talking though. That's not that's a performance. True. Like, there's this is yeah. for people. And I'm like I said, I got I I learned to get comfortable with it, so I don't mind so much. But I don't really want to. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put on like a live show. That's not a goal I have. We could do like you and me a Meat Space podcast, but I don't think that anybody is excited about <laughs> that. Like, what would that matter yeah. to you at home, the listener? I've you can found, hear us kiss. Um... You can hear it now. <laughs> I've found that I don't like to share like too much positive or negative energy, just any kind of intense energy with strangers. So that made it. So I, I never really pursued, uh, they'll take like, it. performance. They'll I never pursued energy. like PVP video games. I never liked, uh, like, like, uh, when I was amateur fighting, I did not like fighting strangers. Um, it's also this excuse gets me out of burning man. I don't, I never want to go to burning man, but my friends were always like, gotta come to burning man. I'm like, I don't want to fucking share positive energy with strangers. They're like, Oh, then you would hate burning man. (laughs) Yes, I would. (laughs) I don't want to share foot diseases with strangers. So I would also know that I'm into that's, that's fucking, that sounds hot. Um, (laughs) but yeah, so so that type of thing with fucking Patton Oswalt and Snoop Dogg. Wait, no, I do. I do. That does sound really fun too. So I, I could make it work. Like if we did a, a an intimate thing with like, say a crowd of 200 people, but they were like people we'd hung out with for a few days. Like that would probably be fine. Like I'm, if I'm with 20 of my friends, I'm fine giving a speech or like doing a keg stand or some sort of, you know, freedom, some sort of expression like that. A keg stands. It. Yes. Uh, Do the like, wedding keg stand it. As is befitting of tradition. So you're just describing a cult. One more step towards a cult. Yes. Like we I, all, I think I'd be okay with a small cult. In yurts for a while and, you know, uh, first night rights, of course, uh, then yes, we would eventually do do a live show. Yeah, I'd be okay with like a sex cult or a combat cult. Any, any both, of the cults. A both cult. But we, it has to be small enough that we could like make pretty close friends with most of the people. We yeah, still, we'd Island. still have enemies. We'd still have strangers, but most of them, we'd be like real tight with. Dick fight island, um, like 12, Dick, 12 combatants, absolutely. and uh, yeah, that's, that's your perfect. live show. All right, let's let's go to to punish Javo. Uh, asks, are there topics you have wanted to cover but cannot manage to make an article out of? Of course, uh, yeah, totally. we have done that a few times on Reflecting Day, which I mm-hmm. guess is us managing to make an article out of it. So no. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's an <laughs> insight. No, like, reflecting day was originally like you know as a way to sort of talk to the audience and tell people like whatever site news, but also a dumping grounds for the unthinkable. Just uh, like if we could only if we could only comment on something by commenting on how we can't comment on this or how right. difficult it is to comment on it, or if we could really only do like 200 words and then if you do any more than that it's all gonna fall apart like that's yep. uh like that's coleman perfect. moore coleman moore came from uh was a reflecting day right and that was just it was that you couldn't i couldn't sit there and have a thesis statement about him because i don't know what his fucking deal is uh i didn't understand but, it and that can't be a whole <laughs> article but I and can, for listeners that don't remember, uh, Coleman Moore is this YouTube guy with like 200 followers. No one knows who he is except for Brockway. And his music videos are very produced. Like a lot of effort goes into these things for the 200 people in Brockway. And they are impenetrable. Like they're so weird, but they're kind of trying to be funny. But then they're very serious. And it's just like I... I do not know what this guy's fucking deal is. And you show me these videos, I'm like, that did not fucking help at all. <laughs> none, none of them do. You watch one. I See, I watch one. I watched, like, uh, he has a song called Precum. And I watched that and I was like, all right, this is a joke. He's actually, it's actually pretty funny. It's a pr- pretty dead on, like, satire of a certain type of person okay. doing, like. Yeah, I guess you're right about that. But, uh, but, I, but then by the end of it, I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'll watch another video. And then I'll watch the next video. And it's. Exactly that type of person, no yeah. satire. I'm like, okay, so what? So the la- so the last one wasn't satire, and then I'll watch another, and it's just it just bounces your goddamn brain all over the place, and you have no I have no idea what this person's yeah. deal is. I as soon as I land on like, okay, I know what he is. I this is a joke. He's being very clever. <laughs> nope, nope, he's being totally sincere. He has no idea. He just released a new video where uh, he he is beaten half to death with butts. Where he's like standing in the middle and yeah. then butts just assault him from all sides. I still couldn't tell you. I can't tell you if that's a joke. I did not take it as a joke. It's and that's what's frustrating to me. And I, I feel like that's one thing our our site doesn't do. Like we have a we go in a lot of directions, but we kind of you always know where we're trying to be funny. We're, I, I but, guess. But that's I, why I, that that's why this went to a reflecting day where I, all I wanted to yeah. talk about was like. I can't fucking talk about this because this is all I have. Right. I haven't pinned down this guy. I don't have <laughs> an angle or a thesis. And Sean has done that a few times. And there's, uh-huh. but yeah, there's still stuff that like we can't even do in there. There's yeah. There's prime. Well, there's, prime. There's Malibu stuff Comics like prime is is mine. Yeah, Malibu prime. That those are great. I tend to get a lot of books that have just like harsh subject matter and words. Like I did a book called a karate book called Rapist Beware that what that's a rough title like no one's in the mood to laugh but but the book itself was completely crazy by a person with a crazy backstory and so i'm like i can get through this i just have to be a little delicate i just don't know usually like being delicate so stuff like that becomes a problem but whatever i'm i'm really happy how that one turned out and um yeah it was great you did a good job on that that's just a difficult one that's not something you can't it's it's definitely not my i'm way below average when it comes to like ooh here's the judgment we should use for this. Like, I'm glad I work with you because yours is much better than mine. Like you're, you usually are like, dude, you can't fucking 
do this. The I'm only like, thing yeah, I've said no to is buying your enemy's grave, sir. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, that'd be funny if I bought that fucker's grave. No. Don Diebel has his grave up for sale because he his life is falling apart so much he had to sell his own grave. How funny would it be if his main tormentor bought his grave? <laughs> it would be extremely funny, but that's it. It's oh. over. That's the end. That's the Jackie Chan freeze frame, and then all yeah. that's left is blooper reel. <laughs> We're the bad guys. We're, I don't think anybody is going to cancel us, but I think we would internally cancel ourselves, I guess. <laughs> like, we would buy that double grave and then bury ourselves in it. Yeah, it's over after that. Like, we we did. So that's a performance art of a life, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, next question is from some Minotaur. Uh, they say, least favorite podcast guest, I choose violence. This is a very daring choice. Uh, I definitely don't have a good answer for this. Um, I don't think we've ever had a guest where we didn't like them. We've had a couple of disaster shows we had to bail on, but not because the guests were bad. We had um, UFC great Roxanne Modafferi on and like just the audio conked out and it just never came back. We were watching Arena. I think she was not that into it, but... Uh, yeah, she didn't seem to like Yeah, Arena. we cut... We cut that. Uh, our buddy uh, Eddie Doty was on and we did a, there's another fight uh, related show where we were talking oh. about Josh Fabia, who's this like, uh, like wizard who trained a UFC fighter and he would like hang him upside down and punch him in the head. Like that's how we trained this fighter. Uh, and so he uh, tricked a mentally unstable man into becoming a much worse fighter. And Eddie like had all this information on him. So we had him on, but he had his mic on maximum. So it would like uh, set to know. fight. Set, it is like set, set to, to fight. fight. We had to bail we, on that I show. should say in both questions, although in both cases, uh, you're saying we had to bail on them. We did record the full episodes. And then realized it, it was not like, it's not just that it wasn't any good. It was that it was not audio that a human being yeah. could process in a way that yeah. would not destroy them. Like it was just, <laughs> it was, That's not it a was show. terrible. No one wants to listen to that. But we uh, should do another show on Joss Fabia because that, that did fall out to be really funny. Like he, he did finally free himself from the cult leader. Yeah, it was um, a fun show. It's so tough to do anything again, though. Like, yeah, I don't like, like the energy doing gone. it again. Like, we don't script shit. So when we get there, like, is my brain just gonna come up with the same joke? Because uh, I don't remember what I fucking <laughs> yeah. said. Yeah, and I already have like kind of a fake laugh problem. And if you did the, did the same joke as before, I would probably give you a fake laugh. But that's a fake fake laugh, and that's just I, I feel like I don't have the performance skills to to get through it. It would sound sarcastic. I'm like, why the fuck is Sean made fuck with Brockway? Very uh, diplomatic answer. Good job. <laughs> um, we have a question from Mr. Thundercles, and we get this uh, often. Uh, I missed it. Did something happen with the Out of Death episode? Uh, yes, we did an episode on Out of Death starring Bruce Willis, and this was before everybody knew he was, uh, you know, having old person brain issues and we were making like i guess jokes that were not necessarily insensitive but like we were speculating on like what what the fuck happened and then it turns out like oh there's a very sad answer to all these questions like the, so, like two weeks later it was like two yeah, weeks yeah. after we recorded that uh, then it, it was, comes out that bruce willis has aphasia caused by some form of dementia. I, I am not sure what yeah. his actual disease was. And it wasn't that this is in poor taste to make fun of the movies now, because there is something there that's just 
so you were you were weekend at burnizing Bruce Willis through <laughs> these terrible movies. Like that's yeah, that's horrible in a different direction that we could make fun of. But like right. a lot of what we did was what what is up with his line reads? Why does it look like he needs? you know, uh, an, an earpiece in his ear just to say words. And like, it was very specifically like, it, yeah, it, it came across as look at this asshole with dementia. And what's the, we did not know the answer. So when the answer yes. came out, we were like, Oh, there's the, that's it, not a fun answer. And in many ways, uh, I'm not sure. It's some of it seemed apath- apathetic, like Bruce Willis just didn't give a shit. Uh, he didn't want to learn his lines. He didn't want to put any effort in this movies. Cause he did what he would show up for two days and you know, yeah, and he was he was doing that because he, I, I guess, probably knew his career was coming to an end. You see what I mean? Yeah. There's nothing fun. Like, as soon as There's, you start yeah. answering the question, it's not good to listen to. You're not missing anything. Uh, the, <laughs> Sean wrote we, a, a wonderful song, and Jamie did a kick-ass metal cover. I actually put that on the soundboard. We can I could hit it right now if you want. I, I guess if you want to take away incentive for, for people to upgrade and listen to them on behind the scenes. <laughs> That's a good point. It's capital. No, I'm hitting play. This is the theme song I wrote about out of death. And then we can play the Jamie one after. And I've got to warn you, it's hauntingly beautiful. 1-900-HOT-DOG presents the Dog Zone 9000. This was how we opened the show. Bruce Willis podcast. People went from zero to this. I was John McClane All the men standing out was the last Look who's talking to Seagram's golden went cool Colvin Dallas mold to pass But what's going on With my choices since I Went to space to drill a rock Hey, we know the answer. Remember last boy <laughs> scout and also moonlighting where I so goddamn hearts and hawk. Fucking hearts and hawk. Do anything with yourself. <laughs> I'm on kill you. I know target die. Cosmic sins on the threshold. I'm all out of death. Fire breach horizon. Cold star and Jaru. A dumb soup of action words And now I just show up and sit on a chair Even when we film the fights I look like a dick What agent book this shit I could reboot my MFS Or say let's do Die Hard In Bora Bora Oh, Wes Anderson's Macbeth I'm the biggest star Dressed in McQueen's car Now I'm some guy out of death It's called Out of Death <laughs> I'm all out of death I'm Kevin Sorbo since Christmas I'm Darkstalker 4 I'm Vampire Speedboat I'm all out of death I'm Leprechaun Prequel I'm Corporate with special guest on me. I'm so I mean, glad we talked over it so they don't have it clean. You want it clean? You fucking join the Discord, <laughs> pledge at the level that you get access to behind the scenes. Then you can, then you can play it. At your, you can dance to it at your wedding. You can dance to it. You can slow dance to it at your wedding. 
Uh, so I'm not a professional songwriter. I normally do the joke articles and uh, some video games. A little bit of everything, but that was my first song. I was very proud of it. Uh, and so I sent that to, to Jamie, our audio engineer. And uh, she came back, like, very quickly with this. Just shame. Just repeatedly dunking, just floating herself into a catapult and firing over you so she could dunk. Anyway, those are the two full production songs we recorded, just lighting up, just roasting a dementia patient. Uh, And that's why they're not not available anymore. That's That's the answer to your question. But uh, you have to consider the context of a lot of jokes. And the joke there was we didn't know yet. (laughs) (laughs) Always the best when you have to say, okay, you have to consider the context. Bruce, if you're listening, we're sorry. Uh, uh, very bold of Jamie to change vampire speedboat to zombie speedboat, but uh, I'll allow it. Yeah, those are two um, different movies. Yeah, those are I mean, very one takes different place movies. At night. Plus, earlier there was a Zombie Threshold when I was making up the fake movie titles. Did she change uh, that? That was a fun song to write. Like I would, I would be into writing parody joke songs if that was a thing people <laughs> still did. If that, I don't know that anybody's tried that. <laughs> I can, I can be called like Cookie Sean. Cookie Sean. <laughs> Cookie Sean is a terrible nickname, but I would answer to it. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, Hot Dog Mo, uh, who's actually given us a lot of great tips. Uh, we've written a lot of things that Mo brought to us. Uh, if it were economically and logistically feasible, what non-shirt physical merch would be the absolute top tier number one site related item you'd like to sell? Uh, I don't know if I have a condoms would be pretty good. When we first started, we wanted to have a store that was just all fucked up shit, like cases for phones that don't exist or gadgets with no clear purpose. But, um, you would have, I to think do that there was your, yeah, entire, was, you would have to own a factory. Yes. That's too big a project, which would definitely lose money. 
uh, which I guess sounds like my favorite kind of project. Let's do it. But <laughs> no, I mean, it feels like an art installation gag, which uh, I I would love, but that's not like what we were setting out to make. Yeah, I'd love to like defunct products that are only like of their decade, like 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 yeah. fucking slap bracelets or something. One nine hundred hot dog slap bracelets, where it's just the the whole wiener right there. It's yep. like it's uh, those didn't exist outside of their decade, or 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 like a hot dog shaped pet rock or something, some kind of piece of yeah. shit. But again, like you would have to own that factory, the <laughs> rock factory. Well, my wife runs uh, urgent care clinics in the south, and so she gets like merchandise stuff, and so I've seen some of the merchandise catalogs and. In the South, you can still get shit like like jet ski keys with your like clinic's name on it. <laughs> jet ski, jet ski keys. <laughs> no, jet skis. Let's yeah, so aim wanna... shooting for the moon. Hot dog jet skis. <laughs> I would love a hot dog jet ski. Um, I do have a hot dog arcade machine. I, I got an arc, a custom arcade cabinet with with Rusty's art on the sides of it. And, and how so. much would that sell for to, for us to make? Uh, just even break even. If we wanted to make a one dollar profit on that, it would have to be fifty eight hundred and one dollars. There you go. <laughs> it was a splurge. Um, you want to spend fifty eight hundred and one dollars? You you hit us up. That was a couple of birthdays. Um, so, uh, well, we have a question here. Uh, Lemon Soiree asks Brock, "Where are you able to give us any updates on Billy Karate?" Uh, yes and no. Uh, there it, we we sent it around sent it around i got i got a an awesome manager out of it which is basically all i was really exposed way more than i was expecting that script to do it's more of a uh, fuck it writing sample than than it was something that will be realistically made because to make it uh would cost 300 million dollars and it would not make that money back uh but we sent it around. A lot of people loved it. A lot of people wanted to talk about it. Nobody really wanted to make it. Uh, I finally teamed up with a with a guy that does animation on on like a. I think I could probably no. Nah, I, I don't know if I could talk about it. Uh, and he is attached as a director for the animated version. He's got a lot of experience. Uh, we just kind of we would have to really push the ball on that, and that's something that's kind of backburnered. So it's like anything in. Mm. In Hollywood or film or whatever, like you will write a script and then twelve years later, like it'll get yeah. made out of nowhere. Like so, it's there, it's there. There's a plan. We got a director attached. We're working on something, something else now. Yeah, it's one more reason uh, I love our website. We Just gotta, because you get to do it and then it's done and I then get it's out to there. do it and then people get to see it and we're done. That's the whole thing. <laughs> that's the that's the week. <laughs> I don't have to take a meeting with anybody. I don't have to. I don't have to take a, a bunch of shit happens. Sean, what if there was a big spider in this one? You say that every goddamn article. <laughs> yes. I, I, I just think it would punch it up a bit. I just think it needs it's a not wrong. It's not a wrong note. <laughs> I like how that story became so famous. That that idea of the, the guy who wanted a, a spider in the Superman script, Kevin Smith's Superman script, that that ended up in the, the Flash movie. Didn't it end up? It, like, he was the same guy that was in one of the producers for uh, for Wild Wild West. Also, isn't that what? And that had a giant spider. And that had the giant spider. Like yeah. he he has gotten the giant spider in the movies. That's <laughs> like I. There's no way that guy is not in the pocket of Big Spider. Like yeah. Big Big Spider. <laughs> That's a different guy than Barbara Streisand's old hairdresser, right? The guy that they made a movie about. Oh, I don't remember. 
am I all mixed up? There's I a guy used to know his name. They called a everyone a street fan. fighter because he like always wanted to. He would, he'd always try to bring up his street fighting history, but he was like a twerpy hairdresser. Uh, but so like when he met Kevin Smith, he's like, Kevin Smith, I know you're a, a str- I can tell you're a street fighter. And that's what Superman is. He's a street fighter. So we need a street fighter. <laughs> Kevin Smith, <laughs> infamous street fighter. <laughs> this is the part of the podcast I don't where even we think tell good Kevin Smith fighter. stories. We tell overtold Kevin Smith stories during this part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> now, Spider Guy, the Spider Guy's my favorite. He is legitimately like my hero. He yeah. just has one idea. It's not a great idea. He shoehorns it into yep. everything. And he has made... I like millions of dollars. He is, he's living his life. And when, when you ask him like, so what do you credit your success to? He can say nothing else except for big spiders, baby. Spiders. Big spiders, baby. And of says, interview. In, instead of telling you, why don't I show you? And then his sleeves open and he just, the whole room fills with spiders. <laughs> so, it was uh, all for this. <laughs> so uh fancy shark uh he asks us is patreon still hemorrhaging money from you guys or if things stabilized i think we have good news that uh patreon's not actually doing so bad it, there was a time i'm sure we complained about this before where like we would just lose 10 percent of the readers from because patreon said now nah, you're we're not taking your credit card anymore or we've canceled your account now there is um, good news and bad news the good course. news is it does look like it's stabilized a little bit. We have been making mildly consistent profits. Uh, bad news is I figured out just yesterday why that is, and it's because they switched from billing everything on the first of the month to now billing when you sign up. But that okay. also applies to them canceling everybody. So they still are uh, canceling, so canceling everybody. Is, it's just spread out through the month. spread out. Of course. Thank you There's a, they that? even give yeah. you a nice special filter. Uh, you can go b- behind the scenes there and like look at the filter and be like, okay, which ones did you just decline payments from? And it'll tell Amazing. you like, oh, we, we fucked all these guys over. <laughs> like right here. Here they are. Yeah. And here's a fun fact. You probably could have imagined that like once someone gets kicked off of Patreon, they're like, oh, God, I got to get back to subscribing to the, all the Patreon things. Gotta got to make the decision to give the joke boys money again. Yeah. so uh let's see uh this person says uh bot wrangler rob says if any writers pitched something that you wanted to do it was just too weird dark whatever i guess we sort of answered this but uh we rejected some shit for being too square basic but generally not too weird or uh dark like one uh, one from swaim we rejected recently that was uh not too uh, maybe too dark Maybe too dark and weird. It was, uh, <laughs> oh, I'm blanking on the guy's name. The guy behind uh, Arthurum Jim. Oh, right. Yes. Um, I, I don't remember either. But but Swaim, like, really appreciates his art. And his angle on the article was 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 not, hey, fuck this Nazi Earthworm Jim guy. It was like, uh, it, it didn't seem like uh, it would inspire a lot of comedy. It, feel, it felt like it was a well, real... His okay. His angle was that he has actually known that guy before he, mm-hmm. before the worms inside his head were literal worms inside right. his head. Uh, so he is kind of just like known that guy as a fan and and believes he makes actually some really great art. And then and, and he's right. Uh, he's actually very good at his job. But he's also just a fucking maniac. And Swing like so has this long and storied, like personal connection to the man, mm-hmm. and does not like it was not in defense of him he doesn't want to defend him he wants to be like i i know better than anybody what a fucking lunatic he is and i have this like really complicated dynamic and like that's a great documentary 
Uh, yeah, I'm very interested in that. I just, I, I think there might be some issues with you publishing all of his private correspondence to mock it on a hot dog site. <laughs> there is a, there is a later question in one of these that's like, Hey, is there anything you're worried about legally? That's the only thing. Right. Is <laughs> is publishing somebody's private correspondence to mock them. <laughs> but like, if I he think came to us yeah. and said, with his kind heart, he said, Hey, I found a book on pet grave pranks. I'd trust his judgment. I'd be like, that sounds fucking awful. But like, I, yeah, let's see that. Let's see that article. If it was some random, random maniac with no writing samples, I might use that's a little too dark as an excuse, but like, I think it's more just doesn't fit our normal uh, editorial vision. Uh, I would love to watch that documentary from Swaim. Uh, I don't want to be yeah. the guy, the one guy that gets sued for it. Like, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Even I not even wanna... sued. I just don't want to get an email from Nazi Earthworm Jim guy. Or that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to become part I of don't the want... art, the immersive theater experience yeah. of this article. <laughs> It'd be a part great article. It, we I'm haven't, like, dodged it. it completely, but I do sort of like that the site is kind of apolitical. Like, uh, I don't think I've talked to a right-wing person in years. Like, that's... I feel like nobody under the age of 70 is one of those things anymore. Um, but... Uh, well, there are some full Nazis that are nice and young. That's true, but, like, we wouldn't talk to them. We wouldn't... Yeah, they wouldn't they're not like here. You. They wouldn't enjoy jokes. Like, they're they're busy trying to make excuses for, you know, gut jokes or whatever the fuck. I don't know. I, I just don't like getting into on the site. I feel like that, uh, I don't think my writing suffered during like the Trump era, but it, I do feel like it was just this thing that everyone was talking about too much and it sort of overwhelmed everything that, that, that we just kind of had to, this, this wet blanket thrown over the entire world. I'm, I'm I would it rather avoid that. Doesn't seem, it just doesn't seem like a lot of fun to do political comedy to me, but also, there have been several of our friends that have gotten massively successful doing political com comedy of, and commentary. Of course. And it feels like a curse. It feels like like they mm -hmm. get to do this and get to enjoy a lot of success, and then they are not allowed to do anything but this, and they have to permanently stay cutting-edge <laughs> informed on all the worst atrocities of the I world agree. every single morning. And yep. uh, I think they're probably going to die two decades earlier than us uh, because <laughs> I, of it. I hope not. But I do know exactly what you're talking about. And, like, and I feel like Jon Stewart would look like Paul Rudd right now if he hadn't done The Daily Show. <laughs> I feel yeah. like Paul Rudd lives in, in his Paul Rudd life where everything is fun and light and he likes it a mm -hmm. lot. And he looks like he's 20 years younger and he's just having a great time. And then John Stewart is over here being like, "You have done more important work than Paul Rudd, sir, at at, per, at great personal expense." Yeah, yeah, I, I do feel like having um, your work become important is is so dangerous. And I, what I like about uh, our site is it's very much not. It's, yeah, it is entirely whimsy, and so when something gets too close to being important, I'm like, this doesn't feel right for us. Also, I think everything else is getting very important. Everything else right. is trying to slip into the importance business because it's yep. a very good business. And nobody business wants to do frivolous bullshit. They're like, oh, frivolous bullshit doesn't pay. And uh, they're right. It doesn't. Yeah. But it's fun. <laughs> exactly. And someone needs to do it. Um, let's see. Thrillho writes, um, 
Do you fear the well is running dry or is an overwhelming surplus of insane content to make fun of? This is uh, super easy to answer. I, before we even launched, before I even pitched this idea to, to you, to Brockway, uh, I put all the weird shit I wanted to write about into a database. I'm sure you remember this database. It was like... Of course. All the books and videos I had around, uh, along with 20 or 30 original like comedy <clears> bits. <throat> um, so we are actually good at double our pace until long after we both die. That being said, uh, once I put something in the database, that lowers my chance to write about it by about 80%. I'm always way more excited to write about a book I just found at Goodwill than something that's been sitting in my fucking to-do column for three years. So there is that. Yeah, I don't have a cursed physical library. I'm getting there. I'm, I'm getting to, mm-hmm. to objects that will seep radiation <laughs> into me and my loved ones. But it's just... It's more like with my health problems and with like just all the administrative shit that piles up and sometimes keeps me from writing a column. I only mm. snowball. I just have so much stuff I want to write about and it gets frustrating that I, right. I, I only get farther behind. Like, I really want to write about this. I've been saying that for like three years and I still do, but, but uh, I need functioning eyeballs to do that. And that's not always the case. Yeah. So yeah, our bodies will give out long before our uh, content. And have. <laughs> yes, and half. I don't know. My bones have been fitting together real nice lately. Oh. Been, yeah. Uh, have you been taking my bones? Is that why? I th- yeah, I have been stealing. I am missing a lot of bones. Here and there, I take a few bones. <laughs> <laughs> I tell ya. It's not that it is not the case over here. <laughs> well, we have a quest- another question from Fancy Shark. They say... Uh, what have been the biggest surprises since Hot Dogs launch? Not just horrifying surprises like the juggler. I, there was a juggler I wrote about without Googling him, and turns out he was a murderer. Uh, but anyway, maybe things – this is still his question. But maybe things you might have thought wouldn't work but took on a life of their own. I'll tell you – it's not something of my own. I'll tell you my biggest surprise, and it's uh, it's a little personal. Okay. I'm a little bit surprised and a little bit hurt that – of all of us, uh, Lydia has the most enemies uh, that have come to the site seeking revenge. I, that is true. I have been. I feel like I have been excessively cruel uh, to a lot of to a lot of fringe people that uh, should uh, be attacking me right now. I feel like I really thought I had something with S. Rob, the the magic pen lunatic. Like he started replying on the site. That was great. Yep. Uh, he had some real unhinged shit. I had a lot of fun with that, and then he just kind of he just kind of went away yeah. and and left. Do you it. think there might be something different between you and me when our flopping dongs and uh, the great Lydia Bug? Something defining her that optimism might cause people like, to get a little pissed. Up. Her bubbly personality. That's probably it. Curly probably no, because I got kind of curly hair too. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, yeah. she gets the most I enemies think, and they keep coming back and I'm <laughs> fucking jealous. I'm just straight up jealous of it. I generally, when people find, uh, find that I've made fun of them, they're usually okay with it. Uh, obviously I have some enemies, but for the most part, people are just like fine getting roasted. But unless you're a lady, I guess is the point I'm making. Yeah. I think, um, I think by the end of it, like, I made fun of S-Rob so hard when he was replying in the comments to those articles. And I think by the end of it, he thought we were on some sort of ninja pen magic team together. Like, yeah. he thought he thought we were two parts of a spell that we were weaving together now. 
<laughs> I don't really know how that happened. <laughs> but uh, I think the thing that surprised me was that uh, it kind of got deeper and more journalistic than I expected. Because I first sort of pictured it as a way, like a destination site for comedy. You'd normally have to siphon from social media because uh, I guess I was frustrated. You'd go on Twitter or whatever and you'd come across so many brilliant jokes or funny threads. But that was after like many GoFundMes for disease or poverty or like some Republican state declaring war on decency or whatever the fuck. And so I imagined like a thousand words on a book. Hey, isn't this crazy? Bye. And now we kind of find ourselves saying, is this even deep enough for a hot dog article? Like, what's, <laughs> what's the, uh, what's the turn? What's the and hidden so, tragedy? In this? Yeah. And I, that feels like far more than I was expecting. Yeah. I try to avoid that trap. Sometimes I want to just, just write some goofy words about Absolutely. something dumb. I just did one on a Mr. Muscles, which is like a, a golden age character. That was so fucking stupid. It's just like, there's nothing about this other than this is a dumb comic book character. <laughs> and I kind of dumped it. It was the day after Thanksgiving. I'm like, this is the perfect spot to put it because like, there's just no twist. There's no, there's no background. He's done uh, 81 just... knee bends with only short rests. <laughs> <laughs> Impossible. Uh, so, I mean, I, I'm happy with the article, but like it, there's nothing, there's nothing to it. There's no hook. I just found a funny guy. And it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. We still have, we still have a place. Still this is still place. a safe place for <laughs> thesisless silliness. Uh, we have another question from Mo. He says, "Dream guest, go." Do you have um, a good answer for this? Uh, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Like, it's Mister T, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. I would. The only thing I would say is, I think I would. Maybe rather have someone who was kind of combative, but compelled to stay. Like, uh, like if we had Godic or Diebler or whatever, I think that they would say something embarrassing and then we'd make fun of them and they'd hang up. But Frank Dukes would probably be my dream guest because he would stay on the line with us for five days explaining how the karate he did in 1981 wasn't technically impossible and we can't prove it. So I think Frank Dukes. Sorry, Mr. See, T. I need to know... See, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have been Mr. T until we found TNT. I need to know a lot more about TNT. Yes, I have a lot of TNT I, questions, a lot about his life in Canada and how it was different, like how he found yeah. interacting with Canadians in that capacity at the at the peak, eh, maybe just after the peak of his stardom. Uh, were they I, the just thing getting I worry Mr. About T? Mr. T is that um, he's kind of just a god guy now, and so I feel like we could talk a lot about the work he's done, but I do feel like. It would be hard to get him to not, you know, convert us See? to Christianity. I would be okay with that, though. Yeah, I, I would, if anyone, I would could probably convert, convert me, and I would yeah. tell everybody that uh, Mr. T brought me to the light of Jesus. I would say so proudly. Mm -hmm. uh, but also, I think it would be very interesting uh, watching his brain spin uh, TNT subjects, like a, like like the Mystical Ninja episode, or the <laughs> what about the senior citizen who was the Lone Ranger who was attacking a Whole Foods? With feature guest star the Fat Boys, uh, can we loop that back around to God? And I would love to see. I would love to see oh, that journey. He, he could definitely do that. Uh, Hampire asks us how often do the subjects of the hot dog examinations come across their articles, and how do they generally react? Yeah, we kind of answered um, that. Yeah, I guess we have. Uh, we've had both reactions, of course. Diebel tried to shut the site down. We've, we've talked about that. Uh, Dr. Ted Gambordella uh, was a karate man. He he wrote the 100 Deadliest Karate Movies. He was very cool about it. He uh, I, And I think that was funny is that he's 
like an old karate man. And all the jokes were kind of, they were kind of gay jokes. It's not a nice way to put it, but like he and his friend were like shirtless and like doing, doing these, they're posing with their punches and they weren't like throwing a punch and taking a picture of the action. They were like gently resting their fists against each other in a way that uh, was very intimate and kind of cute. And he didn't care. He's like, dude, fucking, it's great. I think, um, hold on, I have it saved here is his thing. Uh, he said his name, he went in the comments, he said his name was, thanks for the card, I think they're hilarious, please do more. This is Ted Gambordella, the author of this crazy book. And then the <laughs> subject said, thanks for the card, I think they're hilarious, please do more. This is Ted Gambordella, the author of this crazy book. <laughs> Love it. Perfect. Old Fantastic. karate guy comment. <laughs> uh, dictated, not read. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that one was good most people I I think when you search for most of the subjects of our books like the first thing you get is our site so I kind of get the feeling uh, most of these maniacs have at least seen it if they've ever googled themselves can you believe fucking sensei Dave hasn't come after me god damn it (laughs) he has to know by now he has to know I'm pretty sure I'm like the number two result yeah Sensei Max. Like Sensei Dave, me. and then, hey, fuck you, fight me, Sensei Dave. And, like, he won't. He won't do it. Yep. I, uh, Sensei Matt came after me. He was the guy who did um, the sign language martial arts, where he would tell you how he's fucking you up while he's doing his karate. Uh, and that was, that's kind of one of those things where I was sure people thought I was going to be making that up. Like, that, it seems too insane to exist. Uh, and yeah, he, he wrote an article and wanted me to take it down. He even offered to refund me the, the 20 bucks I sent him for his DVD, which I took as a pretty serious insult. So I got kind of dickish to him. I was like, you you could kind of fuck yourself for this buddy. But, uh, we calmed down, we each calmed down and he wanted me to take his last name off of it because he, all of the Googling for his name led to that article and, uh, he didn't want to be associated with uh, the guy he learned karate from, who's George Tillman, the the guy who does the no touch knockouts. And so I thought that was so funny. I'm like, I will accommodate you every way I can. I'm obviously not going to take the article down, but I will take your last name off. Be only my because you're like, no, no, you can leave all of the most embarrassing things anybody's ever done. That's fine. Leave my face up there. Leave, my, leave me making the stupid motions. Yep. Leave all the gifts. I don't want to be associated with George Tillman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To be honest, I would have, I'm usually as accommodating as I can be. And if he's just like, do this small favor, I'm like, yeah, it's fucking no trouble. Just, but, um, God, that's like several lifetimes and so much effort converged just for the ultimate dunk on George Tillman. Yes. So good. <laughs> All right. And, um, uh, go ahead. Let's, I feel like we've privately, like we've gone through, Favorite articles, favorite stories. I definitely uh-huh. don't want to do uh, the contacted by former cracked people that we rejected. Yeah, that's that, maybe. Yeah, we know an answer to that, but let's not say it. Let's not say that. Uh, how many times did you find a secret murder has been also kind of answered? I suppose that's true. Well, Sarah asks, it's a running gag that Jamie never cuts anything, but has anything actually been cut from the podcast for content reasons? Not counting behind the scenes material, we did answer that with the with the out of death episode, and of, of course, course the other yeah. two secret episodes we, we lost. I've definitely, definitely said something that cut. I I have nineteen ninety nine mouth, and I don't get enough sleep, so I'm sure shit's come out of my mouth that that we've cut. But I'm I'm bringing this up because we found out something fascinating, and it is that Sean Baby does not, and why would he listen to the podcasts after they've been edited? 
Uh, that's true because you don't have to i do the final pass like jamie does right. jamie does amy's our editor she mixes it puts it all together i do the final pass to just cut out like if we if we stammer something wrong on a punchline or if something's not working or i, I just think feel like it's kind of dead air and then i i do a lot of the uh well i do some other stuff but sean did not know this entire time that when we say jamie cut that that's a joke sean thought <laughs> was in a recent podcast, you can hear him realize, wait, have you not been cutting that for the very first time? And I love it so much. I just want to share that if, if nobody else picks that up. I do need to uh, listen to the podcast more. Uh, you don't. You've, you're here. You're here for it. It's true. But I, uh, if I don't, I end up telling the same story multiple times. And uh, I try to hedge my bets sometimes. Like, I think I've told this story on the podcast. But I'm like, you know, like I say, I don't get enough sleep. Um, and the podcast happens so fast and I'm usually like reading notes and trying to listen to everybody. And, um, I also have no politics to try to keep things on track and to try to, I don't know. This is not my area of expertise is my point. <laughs> but it's fine. If look, if there's any nerd out there who is carefully cataloging all the stories we've told and it's like, excuse me, you have told that story before. Yeah. Mark, you give yourself one point, Mark one point. Uh, yeah, you, you've earned it. You. you deserve it. You can, you can redeem them for, uh, for a pewter skull ring at the end of the podcast. Sure. But it's way easier to know that you've heard a story than know that you've told a story. Because everyone has told a story more than one time. You just don't mm -hmm. know that. And uh, the other thing is, like, I try not to exaggerate, but I'm always like, did I have 15 beers or 25 beers? And I'm like, if I've told this story before, I'd look, no, look a total asshole if I had 10 to this beer number. But, <laughs> I, you know, I need people to understand I was fucked up. But I, but I also need to know I'm like a fucking man. Like, it takes, like, 80 beers for me to get drunk. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so my like, I have the worst goddamn memory like when I was a little kid uh, I was put into like gifted schools and shit because I mostly because of my memory I had like almost photographic recall and I somewhere along the way I, I think it's probably from like a just chronic exhaustion I do not get sleep I have sleep disorders and kind of permanent brain fog I have the worst memory in the world I have listened to all of our podcasts at least twice, like in the editorial mm -hmm. capacity. I'm sure I'm still telling stories I've already told before. <laughs> I don't think like, I've ever caught you doing that. I'm, I'm sure I get I all the time. I mix up. I like I, I'm a I'm I'm, I'm a mashup artist with my own memories. So I'm always just like I'll mash up two stories and I tell them. Somebody's like, no, that was that was two different times. Fucking oh really? Like there's a famous incident now in the Discord where I told one of Megan's stories, my wife's stories. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was like second, third hand, and I had mashed it up with something else. And basically, the only change I made was that I put Shaq in it uh, <laughs> instead of. To be fair, it starred Carl Malone, and okay. so I put Shaq in it instead. And I forgot that the punchline to it was nine eleven. <laughs> so, so <laughs> but those are two big, like literally big, big things. If you to forget overlook. Shaq and nine eleven. That's like. No, I remember really both. You're not when supposed they... to rem you're not supposed to forget 9/11. <laughs> I remembered one and forgot the other. I forgot 9/11, but I double remembered Jack. Yeah. Is the point? Okay, I just that, that evens out. Then that I like that math. If anybody, I just if anybody's trying to listen to our podcast for any sort of consistency and is ta keeping tally, you're going to be real disappointed. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, if if I told the story too many times and you don't like me, that's that's fine too. That's <laughs> I don't need your love, you fucking asshole. So the question was from Mist Covers Lolerpaw. 
Are there any cool article topics you've had to shelve due to legal liability worries? And if so, what are they? There was one uh, where I was looking back on something I wrote a long time ago, and you thought the tone was off. And I agreed it kind of came across like I was taunting cancel culture, but in both of the bad directions, like sort of how, oh, this doesn't exist, or it's gone too far. And I kind of danced in and out of it, uh, maybe clumsily. Uh, maybe there's just no way to do it. Maybe that's just not a conversation anyone should ever have again. Uh, but I think one of the problems I, I have, if it's a problem, is I sort of trust the, the public, in quotes, to take in the full context of what I'm saying and to give me the benefit of the doubt. And um, I don't know. I just don't think that they would have in this article. And so I went and fussed with it, but by the time I was done, I hated it. So I think that one I shelved. Uh, maybe someday I can polish that off. But the next question, uh, I guess I have a more... Uh, exact answer for is, is there anything you wanted to cover but just couldn't get your hands on? Uh, yes, absolutely. Fucking Lash LaRue, the whip master from back in the day. I wrote a, a man comics about Oh, God. Him. He, I almost I he forgot got tricked about this. In, yeah. He got tricked into doing a porno movie and I fucking have to find it. I wrote to like one of the stuntmen on it, like, dude, is there, does this fucking exist? And uh, he did not have it. Um, Between the two of us, because I got in on this too, we must have done dozens of hours of just yeah i can i was everywhere. contacting distributors of like his other <laughs> movies to see if like they had because there were two versions he got tricked into doing a porno movie there is one he he doesn't he doesn't have he's not out there whipping people with his dick it's not lash LaRue <laughs> dick whipper right uh, he was like he was doing the cowboy scenes and then was was unaware at the time that there was fucking in between them right and, uh and so he got tricked into doing this, but they there were two versions and one version where they cut all of the fucking and it was just like a mediocre cowboy movie that was way shorter than it should be. Uh, like suspiciously shorter. And then, of course, the full one with the pornography. I would love the pornography. I would take the edited down one. Neither yeah. one exists. We couldn't yeah. find either. Yeah. And it's just uh, a real bummer because I uh, going through the last LaRue comics, especially I just I couldn't believe how stupid they were. And and the tropes that emerged with immediately was like he would get bashed over the head completely unconscious, conk, and then he would do something with a whip that does not – it's not even possible. He would like grab the whip with his mouth and then like give birth to a horse. You're like, what the fuck did he just do with that whip? And that, that was every issue. And so uh, – and I found out, of course, he, he was in a ton of movies doing that exact thing. There was that Saturday Night Live sketch where Bill Murray was the whip master and that had to have been a Lash LaRue parody. Yeah, he's been in some like Rift Tracks movies and stuff, but goddamn that porno. I, we could not find Gotta it. Find it. I, I'm if also, if for, it. for posterity, I'm missing the. There apparently was a recording at some point of Thundercats Live, the, the 1980s oh, stage right. show. I have only found the complete brochure. I found like a couple one, two minute clips here and there from the recording. I did find like somebody's the blog from one of the. God, I think it was just a stagehand on it that said he had he was the one that that recorded all of it. He knows it's out there, uh, but he does not have it anymore. Damn. He was like recording it for the show. I would give almost anything for the full full recording of Thundercats Live the Stage Show. But I, I go back and I look at it. Also, uh, uh, fucking J.R. Fleming, uh, Bigfoot Lives. Uh, Psychic Bigfoot. Yes. I bought the I just bought the book. I bought Psychic Bigfoot, Bigfoot Lives, uh, and it's a time-traveling uh, fight club magician at the center of the earth. 
whatever that was called. And it was so much fun. And I immediately went to go buy the rest of his books and they were all gone. Uh, They were all pulled down completely. And I, for with no reason, with no, he's, he's the kind of guy that had his own site. He was selling his own books, like his own distributor. He was, he was in it to win it. Like he had all of his shit up everywhere. And then one day, like, the day after we recorded the podcast, podcast was not up. He didn't know. It's not like he knew he was being made fun of. It just so happened that that Bigfoot erased him from this timeline <laughs> that that second. And I cannot. You, you can find his profile. You can find Goodreads things. You can find the remnants of those stores. None of them work. I've tried to buy from them, and like I've tried to buy from an Instagram store. Like just find, just like maybe, and everything is is returned. He is gone from this yeah. earth. Like. A hundred percent gone. As but I, soon as you saw him, he vanished. Yeah, maybe maybe he just knew you would carry on his message, and he fucking, could move on to uh, the other reality. That he he's a Schrodinger's maniac. I observed him, and he disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> does this man exist or not? No, he does not. Because you observed him, you son of a he's a quantum lunatic. <laughs> uh, yeah, if if anybody has leads on any of that shit, my god. Yeah, we'd love it. Uh, here's a question. How do you determine which topics are better for an article versus a podcast episode? That's um, from Hampire. Is it? I thought it was from Fancy Shark. Uh, oh, you're right. You're right. It's from Fancy Shark. It's tough, I guess. Uh, I'd say podcasts are easier um, when we're doing like a full feature movie because describing a movie requires describing the entire movie plus making jokes. And that ends up being four to 5,000 words and a lot of work. So a lot of screenshots, a lot of, a lot of word bubbles. Um, and podcast has the the dynamic of of a person probably more square than us kind of reacting to the madness as being it's sort of an audience uh stand in to sort of ex- experience it right like they're discovering this shit that me and Brockway kind of entrench ourselves in uh, but mostly I think it comes down to like insanity per second so if something is completely nuts and constantly nuts it's a better podcast because there's a lot to talk about and everyone wants to get through it I would never give someone like a Godek book to read. Uh, because, you know, that's mostly filled with stupid, boring shit. Um, I wouldn't ask you and a guest to read Thousand One Ways to Be Romantic, pick out the dumbest ones. That's a research project, not a fun mess around. But uh, telling someone to watch a 90-minute movie that's just wall-to-wall insanity, that's fun. Everybody, everybody's down for that. That is one of our bonus games, though. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> uh, also, you've heard it here first, folks. Uh, all of our guests are squares. Uh, come at us. <laughs> John's exact words. You're all squares. Not the nicest way for me to put it, but hopefully people get what I mean. This is what I'm talking about. When I say the public and quotes, I'll give me the benefit of the doubt. I bet they won't. (laughs) We're going to get an email from Katie Golden being like, oh, you think I'm square? You're a fucking dick. I'm hopping on a plane right now. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's going to take me 12 hours from Italy, and I'm just going to be punching a a sight of meat the whole time thinking about it. Come fuck you up across the world. Yeah, dude, it's like I, we can't do we can't do movies on the site anymore because we were doing movies and it would take us five thousand words and a million pictures and it's just like no, this is just too much. But yeah. uh, having everybody watch a really goofy movie is a lot of fun to do on a podcast. Absolutely. This is from Proxy, who asks early on there was some talk of looking at bad web comics for material. Did that go anywhere? Were there none that were particularly riffable, or was mocking web comics perhaps too much like punching down? Uh, I'm, I'm with Sean on the punching down thing. I don't think, I think there is such a thing, uh, as punching sideways 
and, and laterally. And I think that's mm-hmm. uh, that's perhaps the best punching. I think that's what what fighting is, is punching sideways. Uh, yeah. But like, I don't know. I'm pretty fucking awesome. So if I'm going to if that's like my <laughs> if that's how I'm going to judge stuff. Hey, if you're less cool than me, I'm not allowed to make fun of you. Like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> then I would be out like, of a job. Who am I going to make yeah. fun of, Bruce Willis? We fucking tried that. It, it did not go well. Backfired disastrously. <laughs> uh, I, it's just something about the medium. Uh, whenever I find something that is worth mocking, it, it does get me too sad, personally. Not because it's like punching down in this poor person. It's just, it's just there's nothing fun about the medium. Like, if I was going to make fun mm. of somebody whose brain was completely broken and they decided to write a manifesto into their art. Uh, I would rather do like see Tom, like the failed novelization yeah. of a stage play that he didn't actually write. He's don't doing like four levels of crazy above that web seems like, uh, it seems like entry level crazy. It seems like, uh, like data entry crazy. Yeah. It, it sort of feels like you're making fun of like some kids homework. I guess you're like you could go on deviant art and say like I'm gonna make fun of these this bad art, but you're like, why? Like, who cares about that? That did not have an effect on anybody's life. See, um, like Computune was interesting because he had a multi-decade career right. and was very distinguished and successful at it, and it was completely inexplicable why. If it's just some dipshit that has four views. Uh, I, I can find better crazy. I can find more high exactly. effort crazy. Yeah. Greg writes, uh, what were your expectations for the discord versus the reality of the community that is built up over several years? Um, I actually am pretty astonished at how funny and well-behaved our discord server is. I usually hate forums for all the obvious reasons. Um, back in the day, I actually asked them to shut down my fan club. Uh, because it was just fucking annoying to me. And I love me fan clubs. Like I was like the idea of a bunch of people like, Ooh, this guy, uh, is very appealing to me, but I'm like, no, I can't, I don't like this. (laughs) (laughs) My expectations as the person who set up and got the discord running, uh, and was kind of there every step of the way at the beginning to really get mm-hmm. it going. Uh, I thought it was bullshit and it was going to be garbage. <laughs> I thought <laughs> this is just what everybody does. I didn't have a Discord account before that. Uh, I didn't care enough to get into the gaming thing. I had no commitment. I was just like, all right, this is a Patreon thing that we do. And I started it and cool, nice people kept showing up and we kept yeah. talking and having fun. And then they would evolve and we started getting material that I never otherwise would have gotten. Uh, I had no had no idea from we started doing like events and watch alongs and things like that. It's just been a great place and like a place Agreed. without without even need of any moderation. And every time because I'm pretty hands off now uh, that it has grown beyond all reason. There is no way to track everything that happens in that wildly active discord of just hundreds of people, dozens of whom are active at any given moment of the day. But when I do like jump back in and I find that some drama has happened, as soon as I'm like, oh, great, all right, here we go, I got to deal with this, and then I scroll down a little bit, and everybody has just dealt with it like adults and got along and been like, okay, there we go, it's yeah. done. And it does not happen often. There's not a lot of drama, and it's resolved without mods, without moderation, uh, to almost everybody's satisfaction kind of all the time, which is, I want to say it has to be the only place in the history of the internet that that is true. 
<laughs> yeah. Right. It's That's never unusual. happened on anything. <laughs> it didn't happen in the cracked forums. Didn't happen on like, I had a, like a personal live journal back in 2004 that had more drama and bullshit than this. And like, yep. and like there were f- like 400 people following me. It was nothing. It's just. It's incredible how little opposition we have, I guess. Like I, I hardly ever get hate mail. There's hardly ever negative comments. It's um, just a good, it's a good place. If you're, if you are subscribed to us at the $5 tier, which if you're listening to a bonus podcast, you are, a lot of people don't even know it. It's a really, it's a really good place. Even my wife just got into it. I don't think she even reads the site. I think she was just like, I kept talking up the discord <laughs> and now she's jumped in. <laughs> she's a fan of our discord, but not of me. She'll never hear this. It's she likes my stuff though, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> my wife's the same way. Doesn't read my shit, but thinks you're the best. Um, <laughs> this, oh, this is a question for me. Uh, Drew Von Awesome writes, uh, so looking at the original 20 worst games of all time, Sean Bebby wrote, how different would he consider it these days? Um, I did, um, I wrote an uh, article about the 20 worst Nintendo games that is probably very, I haven't read that in years, but it was maybe the first article I ever wrote. And so, uh, the fact that that's still on the internet is, is probably pretty embarrassing. But, um, the other one, the 20 worst games of all time that I wrote for Electronic Gaming Monthly was pretty intensely researched. I don't know how much I changed. They, they sent me an enormous crate of every video game system. And I, I really did play hundreds of contenders. Uh, I tried to consider all the ways, uh, badness can be interpreted. Uh, for instance, ET, I think is a great choice for worst game of all time because it sort of sucks, but it also has this, you know, interesting backstory about financially ruined Atari and the game industry. And, um, I don't know this day today, there's obviously a full feature documentary on it. And that's very well-worn retread territory. Um, and I guess speaking of the entire concept of bad games is kind of worn into the ground. So whenever I, 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 I consider writing about bad games all the time, whenever I find one, I get excited to write about the first results of my research is finding it on 30 different, worst video games of all time lists or videos or whatever. Um, I guess it's like the, the, the mammoth, the, the extinction of the mammoth. They seem powerful and invincible, but, but 10 determined cavemen can kill one, which is fine because mammoths can have babies, but not fast enough to outpace those caveman lunatics and content creators, which is the caveman lunatics in this, uh, analogy. They've way outpaced the breeding rate of bad video games. So every bad video game, just gets jumped on by all the people who have made writing about bad video games their life. So, um, it's all those people make like fully animated videos in like a week. Yeah. With like, I'm, yeah, they, I'm they assuming very hard, several hundred hours worth of work. It's just, <sighs> and I, I mean, my take was, is generally different from other people's takes. And I don't think I'm going to, you know, re, retread the exact same ground but it's also like once someone has made a fully animated feature about how bad a game is it's kind of done right like we don't we don't need a second piece of media about that part of doing hot dog articles is the discovery you got to be like hey here's a thing i found that you probably don't know about um i generally don't like to do hey here's the thing we all know is bad but i have a few new jokes about it like if you're interested like that's not as interesting to me to work on there's a lot of bad Steam games or mobile games like you can find and make fun of, but I think we're back to that problem we were talking about where maybe you're making fun of making fun of some high school kids' senior project and not like. A, we've a, co- a, we've covered a few bad games on the site. There are certain times course. that uh, that it does venture into hot dog, 
dog territory where it becomes something that's more than just bad, that it's just wildly inexplicable and it shouldn't by any metrics, nobody should have even approved this. It shouldn't have gotten to the point where like, oh, this is bad. Like it should not exist. I think that's the line that separates it. I think it's rare in video games because of how many people and the budget that is involved with anything that's not, you know, some some nerd that has a Steam game. It takes so many people that it's a little harder to get that line. It's not impossible, and we do cover right. it, but but it does it does get there. You're gonna have you're gonna have to have, have like an elephant fight a tank. I think that's the bar. <laughs> right. Of course, the great arcade game growl is what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, I was really excited. Also, uh, I had the the framing device of growl was that I was writing a strategy guide for a game that basically starts you off with four rocket launchers. Like it's not a hard game. They're like fucking <laughs> go rocket launcher the elephants until they're your friends. You can't lose a growl is my point. Let's see. We got a question here from Badger. They say, what was the point where you th- uh, thought of starting a bespoke comedy column website full time? And what was the point where you thought we should have started doing this a long time ago? Uh, first point was when I got fired. <laughs> yeah. And second point. Uh, Shortly after that, as soon as it started making enough money that pretty shortly after money, like yeah. six months, I want to say like six months. Yeah, I it, it was not start- until it started like at least paying some bills. Sure. <laughs> then it was too much. There was too much panic. But then there when was it was like panic oh, at the beginning, oh, this is going to pay my cable bill. Okay. All right. Because at the beginning, uh-huh. we were actually doing seven days a week, just the two of us. And like yes. that was, we were working really hard to get everything going, get everyone excited about it. I will say that is what cost me my health, uh, the last vestige of my health. Not even, <laughs> yes, I, that's what's sort of a joke, but it's not really oh, a joke. Shit. That's when my eyes went out. It's when my back went out. I was trying Holy to fuck. do that uh, full time, both of us, seven days a week, no assistance, and also was trying to do. Uh, uh, starting yeah, a, a career lot of other in, projects too. Yeah, and screenwriting, and was in the process of publishing a book. So I was, I was at my computer like, like eighteen hours a day, and then <laughs> just sleeping a little bit, and then coming right back to the computer until my whole body broke. Uh, but aside from that, it was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I guess uh, I kind of knew towards the tail end of cracked. Uh, most of our time at cracked was. Um, it was obvious no advertising model was ever going to work and chasing trends was too volatile, blah, blah, blah. Um, success, of course, meant getting sold to someone who kills you. Yep. All, all the yada, yada. Uh, so I wanted a place that there was some kind of a homeostasis in a way where you're just sort of like, here's a, here's steady expectations from the, for, from the readers, I guess. Like, um, they could go and kind of get, uh, uh, not what you'd expect, but what you could count on, I suppose. Like you could kind of count on this place being dedicated to entertainment. You go here and there's funny. It might be weird or uh, something you've heard about, but for the most part, you can count on it being good. It's just, it's also, it's like maybe the one place on the internet where you can be sure that nobody is going to buy us and then turn us yes. into like an SEO That's AI true. farm, <laughs> fire everybody, and then like de- devour and desecrate the corpse because it's just us. Another inspiration for the site was I thought a lot of people were kind of wasting their talent and effort on social media, which is where everyone was going for their for their jokes. I know. I, I, I It makes me sad to think how many amazing jokes were just thrown into the whirlpool of Twitter, uh, just never to be seen again. And that, 
I like that our site is a place where you can put those there and people can revisit an article, think about it again. I don't know. It's I, I just think that a destination site is it's better than just the constant fire hose of, of social media. I don't know. You can find all the best jokes on Twitter on crack.com. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the 11 best tweets from today <laughs> as, a, as curated by a robot. Oh, we can make it's nice that we can make fun of our legacy being destroyed. <laughs> right. <laughs> Enough right. time has passed. Mo asks if, if there's anything we genuinely hope doesn't break uh, dog site containment. Uh, there's de- I don't want to deal with any sex perverts that I write about probably. Like I don't want an email from the spanking lady or the guy who eats cum. Uh, but for the most part, <laughs> I, I would welcome any any contact from people I've written about. I'm trying to get a fucking fight started with somebody, man. <laughs> I'm, I, just make it, up it, a fake just lady not, personality. It's not, it's not taking. Everybody's picking on. Everybody's like, well, I, I don't agree with this site. Let's see which of these is a woman. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and they for some reason they don't land on me uh, very often. <laughs> but uh, yep. yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to get an enemy. Uh, the only thing I don't really want to deal with is like. Like communities without a sense of humor, like that's never fun. That's true. It's never yeah. like an enemy. Like it's nice to have a nemesis. It's not nice to have like a like a demographic that sucks. It's just not as fun. Like when 4chan I, found the Hollow Live one, I was oh, like, all right. right, well, there's nothing worthwhile in this. I can't, I can't get any. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, it, I it, had there was no choice. I once pissed off um, the actual mentally ill. Like I was writing an article for a San Francisco paper and. It was about like celebrities that lent their name to strange charities. And one of them was like, for, for like a specific kind of weird, crazy person and like that, like a different group of like actual mentally ill people who'd like formed a club around that, like took, you know, offense, which is fair, but like they, you know, took it in a bad way. Because they were they were mentally ill, and like they started a fight, and there was no reasoning with them for all the obvious reasons, and so I was like, "This is bad. This is a really bad community be to have beef with." Uh, that These same were, magazine had beef with. Community. I did that, no, that scrapbookers were different, but no, that, that was uh, the same one. <laughs> same magazine, but different community. But yeah, uh, definitely still crazy. The scrapbookers were as crazy as the people who were legally crazy, but. I think you're legally crazy if you give your life over to scrapbooking. Yeah, you you can do it. You can do it intermittently, but if you're uh, if you're they don't reading even sell something, you the stickers unless you can prove you're a maniac. If you're reading something and you were like this, this man has besmirched the honor of my scrapbooking. Something must be done. Yeah, you're a lunatic. Yeah, I know. I've definitely mentioned the scrapbooks in the podcast. I don't know if I mentioned my favorite part of that story was that one of them was talking about how because uh, they all like had different. Um, ways to get to me like that when you get hate mail a lot of people don't know this is everyone's probing for your weak spots and this lady was probing for like my heart's weak spot and so she says uh people scrapbook so that their their husbands overseas can like experience the lives of their children and some of their husbands come home in a box and i thought that was so tremendously funny that this lady just I make fun of scrapbookers for like 60 words and she's like, people's husbands die. <laughs> I'm like, well, you, you got, you got there so fast, lady. You are pissing on the corpse of an American <laughs> hero, yes. sir. Yeah, it's like, holy shit, the steps you took over the shortest amount of distance. 
Two, two. She somehow got to nine eleven on that one. She got to nine eleven. Yes, never, so never saying, forget. That's how. That's how dramatic people can get over something that really. I mean, I got to be honest. Had nothing to do with American soldiers dying. I did not mention that, uh, nor any military conflicts at all in my article. It was, and I think it's pretty fucked up that her scrapbook was nothing but American soldiers dying. Like I, I just think that's a weird thing to, <laughs> to bring to the club. All coffin floppers. Yeah, all the all the all the stickers she made uh, were a little were a little inappropriate. <laughs> well, I just referenced. Uh, I think you should leave, which I guess is a good lead-in for what is some uh, from Johnny Unusual. What is some less hot doggy but still truly great art you recommend people check out? Do you have a an answer you'd like to share for this one? I think what I think you should leave is very hot doggy. If, if that was going to be that's your answer, true. yeah, I think that wasn't going to be my answer. Probably the one TV show that is most adjacent. I will say I'll tell a little story. I did not. I did not get. Uh, I think you should leave for a long time. Oh, for uh, I was the same way with like Tim and Eric because. There's oh there's a point where I can feel that this is a big enough thing. This is a big enough dynamic shift that everything is just going to be people trying to do this oh, from now right. on yeah. for like several years. And I yep. I get like pre annoyed at it. Like oh well I'm already sick of this. Like no you've never seen <laughs> this before. But like I see it and I'm like fucking this is going to be insufferable. <laughs> I just jump ahead. I, Three years to where I hate understand. it. Yep. And that's, uh, I was the same way with Tim. It takes me a while after that. It took me years. You know, it takes me a couple of years. Uh, I think it was just this year that I finally got into, I think you should leave. I watched all the episodes like with my wife and I was just like arms crossed, glaring at the screen. Like I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get I, Did you I, I like it, it though? Yeah, she loved it. She, she oh, okay. was on point because she doesn't work in comedy and doesn't have like, like mm-hmm. pre- pre-hatred of of the trends yeah. that this will come i felt the same way with like with like borat like we saw borat and i laughed a lot in the theater at the time like when that came out and then immediately afterwards i'm like i fucking hate this yeah <laughs> like you knew before anybody made a single borat. joke yeah you just know this is already over and should not be it was honestly it was uh it was their other show uh detroiters uh, i believe mm-hmm. that was called just great that yeah it's a great show and that that more sitcom like aspect of it made me appreciate you know what he was doing comedically mm-hmm. without that hatred without that hatred of uh <laughs> yeah th- that might be i have that same thing but i think that might be media brain where you you're you are able to project you see a thing and you can project a pattern on just the one thing you just can see it coming i mean i just got both barrels of tim and eric working in like the workshop at cracked and t- and fielding like yeah. hey, i wasn't on the video team but we all had to watch and like chime in feedback on like when people would pitch us videos and it was just nonstop Tim and Eric, but like Tim and Eric's like the hardest thing to do. Just like I think you should leave is the hardest thing to do. It's hard to even explain like how and why this works. Right. So it's almost impossible to explain to somebody why this is different and doesn't work. Like why you're not doing the same thing as Tim and Eric, why you're not doing the same thing as I think you should leave one on paper on the surface. It looks like you are. And I just, Oh, I got so sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> I 100% understand. Uh, I get that way sometimes with Will Ferrell movies. I think he's very funny and great. But then, like, you see a Will Ferrell movie and you're like, oh, damn it. These are the fucking 11 lines I'm going to hear from my, my yes. namest friends for the next several years. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Like, I don't think I was on the ball enough when, like, Anchorman came out. But when, like, Talladega Nights came out, I'm like, all right. 
Mm-hmm. No, that was funny. But I'm just I'm mad about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they 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 wrote catchphrases into the movie. Like sometimes they know. Sometimes they're like, oh, people are going to be saying this, and you're like, that's that's when like I check out pretty hard. I don't have a funny answer. I guess Scavenger's Reign is. Uh, I you've probably been recommended this by your nerd friends. It's this uh, animated show on Max. Uh, it's kind of got a Jeff Darrell vibe, where it's like the gentle line work, but really detailed. Kind of looks rotoscoped, and it's about uh, people on this uh, alien planet, and everything's like super fucked up. Like the whole thing's designed by like a biology nerd, so everything's got like a strange life cycle, and and things happen. You're just like, what the fuck am I looking at? And it takes a few episodes of just an assault of weirdness, so it sort of feels like an old MTV cartoon or or like a heavy metal, maybe. And then finally, a plot starts to develop, to develop, and uh, it becomes like really compelling. I, I, it's I, it was I was really impressed by that show. Well, so a plot does develop in that show. I watched the first episode and I was like, "This is pretty." I'll back burner it. Like I'll I'll yeah. watch this when I am uh, almost vegetative and I need some <laughs> lights. I'm really glad I pushed through because like it, it comes together. It gets okay. it gets pretty red. You know what? Thirty coins. We've talked about thirty coins on the podcast <laughs> before. Season two is out now, and there were there were people. We were in the Discord recently, and a ton of people had not seen Thirty Coins or didn't know we mm-hmm. talked about it because that was early days. 30 Coins, uh, it's on HBO Max. It's a Spanish-language show. Uh, you watch the first episode, and you think you know where it's going. You think it's there's it's about a priest coming into this small Spanish town, and there's, like, some exorcism stuff. Like, maybe the devil's here, maybe he isn't. They set up, like, the priest is playing very coy at the start. Like, every time something weird happens, he's like, ah, you, no, I have a perfectly logical explanation for this. You have to think skeptically. And they're like, why don't you believe in miracles? And anyway, that's the first half of the first episode. <laughs> and then a giant baby shows up. And you're like, right. what the fuck? Why is the giant? How is he going to explain the giant baby? And he's like, fuck the giant baby again. All right. I was afraid of this. <laughs> and then by the end of the first episode, the giant baby has morphed into a giant baby spider controlled by a witch with a with a sacred rattle. And he's fighting it with like a machine gun. You're like, fucking what the fuck? This is episode yeah. one. <laughs> and, uh, and that show rules all the way straight through to the end where the reverse Catholics, uh, that's, that's real. Yeah. Uh, I, I, hold on spoilers for everything. <laughs> uh, the reverse Catholics, uh, who in my favorite bit of, of visual storytelling, uh, dress in white robes with a little black collar black collars, yeah. is, is great. Uh, they are, they finally crown the anti-pope again, their words, they crown the anti-pope and he is, uh, he's defeated by the world's most badass bird just flies in and fucking does bird shit at him until he dies. And <laughs> then there's like a, a like a, a demon, the size of a church that they fight with like dual wielding Uzis and, uh, season two starts, starts with like two of the main characters in hell and, uh, their storyline takes place as they are fighting their way through hell. Uh, this is live action. They somehow have an astonishing budget. Uh, it but rules. It, it rules. Kind of looks like shit. It's awesome, but also it's bad in the perfect amount. Of, it's of uh, it's it's. I I said it. I pinned it down in the in the Discord. Okay. Uh, it is to Silent Hill, uh, what like Mila Jovovich's Resident Evil movies were like. Okay. It is the okay. Silent Hill Catholic sense. weird guilt metaphorical version of the Resident Evil and Mila Jovovich movies, where it's yeah. goofy and ridiculous, and it's, it's like clearly got millions of dollars, but it still sort of looks like shit. It's just the most fun. Yeah, it is very fun. Uh, that, I haven't watched season two yet, because it was on dubbed, and I was just like, oh, this sucks dubbed. Uh, 
just change enjoy it. all the life out of it. Yeah, but then, you know, something came up. So I'll, I'll get to it, but I need to... It's somehow worse, like, artistically, in that I think they got a different director who's a little more Jason Bourne shaky cam. Mm, but it makes up for it way more in that they they seriously, they're like, they don't do that thing in a lot of shows where they're like, we have to restart the build, right? We have to restart mm-hmm. the build up from kind of nothing into something again. They go, we left off with them fucking going to hell and fighting giant monsters. We got to up it from here. And they, they do. Uh, well, those are great recommendations, I think. Um, Johnny Unusual writes, is there something you've discovered in a research phase that you feel proud for finding? Um, I think, uh, let's see, back at Cracked, I did an article about comics being racist. And I was very proud that I found an example of every single Justice Society member saying or doing something explicitly unthinkable, even for the time. So that was that was a goal I gave myself. It's like I got to get every single one of these guys saying something terrible, and I did. Um, I discovered Don Diebel's pen name. That was something uh, on his like his book about picking up uh, topless oh, dancers, yeah. and he had a he had a fake name. I'm like, wait, I know who fucking wrote this. Um, I found one of the writers of Fart the Movie and contacted him, and even figured out which sketch he wrote, which he did not. Uh, like you thought it was <laughs> he <did> not appreciate <laughs> he appreciated it but he wasn't super happy about that um i think i figured out the writer of how to make data jamaican man was secretly white uh i did a god there's an article i did about the game pro fan mail uh and i was pretty proud of all the emerging patterns that i discovered through all that research the the clear fan base of murderers who read that magazine i think i'm one of the most proud of when I got way too deep. Like, I started off with Sensei Dave Seeger making fun of the karate rap. Oh, yes. Which was which was easy. It was just like a, a low-key viral thing. And my thesis was like, look how hard these people wanted to be viral. And they actually, against all odds, got to do it. And then I fell down that hole. And what I eventually found was uh, an unaired pilot that he'd created, uh, Sensei Dave and his family... I found out that they were like a dynasty of uh, of crappy art creators. So that their children were all creating. Their father had had made Batmite. That was their claim to f- claim to fame. And so they that's why they couldn't let go. And so they made an unaired pilot of a children's show about how karate is magic. Only they made every decision fucking wild and wrong, and ended up trying to teach children that karate is like literally magic. And that was accidentally the point of their show when they had these yeah. and nobody, nobody had ever seen it at the, cause this was, this wasn't even on the same channel as karate rap. This was like, I found their, their kids channel just from like name searching and their, their various shell companies and then found this, this unaired pilot with like at the time, you know, 20 views or whatever. And, uh, I found that. And then the discord went nuts and they found out that one of the children in that uh was paul dano was actor paul dano and that was that would make this uh by quite some time his first uh televised film appearance so this is his very first role this is where we got paul dano from that's why he's the riddler (laughs) like this is where he came from and then uh, as as an example of how great and insane our community is, they then went on a campaign jumping through every single technical loophole. It takes to change a major celebrity's IMDb profile and they got it done. And so now Paul Dano's very first role is in 
Sensei Rainbow and the Dojo kids this fucking pilot that I unearthed. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I'm sure that's vengeance. a triumph. That's it. <laughs> not going to beat that one. And, and that no. now you can go. Well, I don't know. It probably doesn't work anymore. But after that, you could go search Twitter for Sensei Rainbow and you would find all of these Paul Dano fans who are looking through his profile being like, what the fuck is Sensei Rainbow? <laughs> and so they would be fine that you could watch people find out about it and start making fun of Paul Dano for his very first role in this terrible, terrible show. And like, just that was us. Uh, that was us. That was us. That was beautiful. We were we were beautiful for a time. For a time. Uh, you might not have an answer for this one. Um, I was thinking about this. Uh, what's the first time you remember being really bemused or confounded by a piece of art? It's from the angle that kids are willing to accept a lot of stuff we might find weird as, as adults. I have an answer for that. Oh, yeah? Okay, it wasn't at the time. It wasn't airing at the time. It aired a little bit on, I forget where, probably TBS or something when I was in my early teens, but it was airing in the 80s and it was, I'm not going to get this title right, Rubik the Amazing Cube. <laughs> right. Do you know what yeah, I'm talking I about? Yeah, that's, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, and so I was exactly probably... exactly what it sounds like. I, I was probably 12 or 13 at the time. And I, I was just not really thinking critically about media. I liked a lot of bizarre shit, but I did not really think about it. And I liked a lot of 80s cartoons, even though I, I didn't remember much of them from being a kid. And I think Rubik the Amazing Cube was like mid to early 80s. So I was I was too young. I was too young to like process any of this. But it came on and I was just like, what the fuck are you doing? Because Rubik the Amazing Cube was a product show of which there were many in the 80s for, for the Rubik's Cube. And instead mm-hmm. of making it this is so easy, you guys. The Rubik's Cube is like a sacred object. It's like a, it's your MacGuffin or it's the thing that gives like a, a power. You can solve sure. your place in the universe or whatever. Like it, it, maybe the different colors do different shit. There's any number of like things that as a kid, you know, this is how the 80s product cartoon works. Like, you know how to do this. Like, even as a 12 year old, like, I know how to write this. I know how to give that that object its place in the show as the central thing they get their powers we have it and they said no rubik is a guy he's a little cube guy yeah and this show is about him and they gave him arms and legs and a goblin head humans like a little weird goblin you're like what the fuck are you doing (laughs) like you fucked up this easy assignment so hard that was the first time i really reflected on like there are people whose job this is, and further, there are people who should not have this job. I mean, I grew up loving cartoons, uh, Super Friends, and I just, I remember as a kid, like, not giving a shit, uh, like, when when they're inconsistent with their stuff. Like, I just sort of forgave everything. Uh, but there was a, a video I got called Karate Size Workout. Uh, my My mom's dad got all kinds of weird shit from his merchandising business, and so... Uh, it was a workout where they did karate exercises, but then they would do like feats of karate mysticism. So they would like stand on knives or let motorcycles run over their tummies or whatever. And one of them was talking about his karate trance and how like he had to invent the karate men had to invent the trance because it was before bandages. And so warriors had to like close their wounds with their mind powers. And I remember <laughs> thinking like, just as I must have been 10 being like, Are you fucking kidding me with this shit. Like, like I remember just instantly like understanding that adults could just be completely full of shit and not and and like the stuff you see on tv even if it's awesome karate stuff might be complete bullshit 
even just this the idea that this was before bandages motherfucker there was nothing before bandages you could put (laughs) the very first monkey put a leaf on a cut yeah yeah, that's incredible you did not uh, have to invent karate magic to close a wound because we hadn't invented putting something on it, putting something on a thing. You thought yeah. we didn't invent? I, I think since then, like it took a few years after that before I could kind of switch on and off the, you're not supposed to think about that. Uh, like, I, I guess it's the same way you decided something sucks or rules. So if you're watching Time Cop, you can choose whether or not they're dumbasses for how inconsistent it is. Or whether they're awesome for not giving a fuck, like or both. But that's or both. Yeah, it's it's a it's a vibe, I guess. Like it's it's determined by likability and competence. Um, so if you're watching a piece of art that makes no sense, you have to decide how smart they are, what they're going for, who's it for. Uh, it's probably the most fundamental element of like what we do at the hot dog, like criticism, roasting, whatever you want to call it. So um, I guess the point I'm trying to make is nothing means anything by itself. The nonsense has to be coupled with an intent to not be nonsense or a failure to be the right kind of nonsense for it to fail. It's hard to explain, but it's probably the the, the culmination of decades of overthinking and and like what makes what we do uh, not for everybody. It's why those difficult. movies that are like, I am consciously going to make a bad 80s movie or whatever yeah. are never good. They're never, They're never fun. Good. You're never like, yeah. oh, yeah, this is this is great that you made a bad movie. Uh, maybe you should have put that effort into making a good movie. Right. And then the same people who would have enjoyed it can now enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like, like you're, if you attempt sincerity and fail, you've made a bad movie that people can enjoy rather than a bad movie. Um, no one can enjoy. Yes. Cause it's, it's such a miracle. If someone sets out to make a bad movie and it turns out to be like bad in a good way. It's, it's, it's happened, but it has happened. Like I do a lot of joke book articles, which is that that takes a very special kind of joke book to to try to be like a Laffy Taffy joke, which already is a best case scenario is not going to be good. Uh, and then miss that to somehow get the structure so wrong that like that you fucked up this easy task. And now it becomes like roasting you for how you you don't understand how fucking jokes work. Joke book writer. 101 hamburger jokes. Oh, God, what a fucking perfect title. <laughs> and you whiffed it. <laughs> you yep. Fucking Wait set it. You, you even set the bar <laughs> bar reasonably low with a hundred jokes, and you found out you had zero. Uh, let's do theme weeks. Uh, Kill shed proprietor Spotty asks, uh, "Did the theme weeks go as well as you expected? Do you have any ideas for more?" Uh, I think they went great. They went better than I expected because we were just kind of spitballing them as like goals, and then they uh, they ended up being some of. Uh, the favorite traps I have ever laid. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure why they had to turn into punishment and traps. They did. They did, though. They did, though. Uh, and <laughs> the next one is we are, we are to our, our astonishment are almost there. We're like 25 bucks away right now. Uh, the next one's Ape Week. Oh, that's true. I'm excited. Yeah, Ape Week's at 14000 but we generally call it once Patreon stabilizes. However, as we, we answered in an earlier question, they are no longer losing all of the money at like the end of the month. They still lose a, an okay amount, but I think we'll probably get to it next month sometime. Uh, yeah. So Ape Week's, Ape Week's coming up, and I am pretty stoked for Ape Week. I like, I I like, I like some apes. Weeks. We are just going to talk about Congo again at some point. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Yeah, like for Puppet Week, I guess I was actually, uh, I find myself more motivated when it's a theme week because I had probably 25 potential puppet books that I've been meaning to write about or videos or whatever. And uh, 
they all kind of felt too normal for a theme week. So I, I found that Charlie McCarthy movie and like changed all the subtitles. It's an 80 year old nightmare puppet movie. And I'm like, yeah, this, I haven't done anything like this before. Or I have, I, but maybe not that often. I was so excited to talk about Kurt Hiss and how off the rails that went from just yes. being a low grade puppet show to like, I ha- I'm going to be the Martin Scorsese of puppets and everything. But I also had the cannibal uh, child molester, which if you haven't listened to that episode, right. sorry, uh, that was. Yeah. Uh, Spoiler. And if you have listened to that episode, sorry, I'm, I'm also <laughs> sorry. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I held on to I held on to that. I knew that one way, way early. Somebody came into our discord. I think uh, I don't remember what their what their this discord handle was off the top of my head. But they came into our discord and we're first year, first year for sure. And I just held on to it all that time until we hit Puppet Week. And uh, it was worth it and turned out way better than expected. So, yes, triumphant success all around. Let's see. Drew Von Awesome asks, what's a topic or piece of material that to be put nicely, you guys would uh, like us to shut the fuck up about? I uh, honestly think I kind of grew out of that. I'm okay with running gags, even if they're running to the ground. Uh, My patience is obviously below average. uh, So I certainly hate them more than you, whoever you are, but... I say do whatever the fuck you want. Um, I guess uh, I kind of also like when something goes from tired to saga, you know, like maybe 20 Heathcliffs is kind of boring, but a thousand Heathcliffs is like a legacy of madness. So, but a ritual built around Heathcliff? <laughs> the uh, turning Heathcliff into an assault? Uh, I, I, it's fantastic. Yeah. And it's absolutely tight. It's been run completely into the ground, but that's kind of what makes it work. I had no idea that it would become it would become that <laughs> fundamental after I just really wanted to get through like my thesis that that the Heathcliff is the the child from the Twilight Zone corn episode and is ruling yeah. his pocket universe with an iron fist. And I feel like I succeeded on that and was like, okay, well that's over. Nope. <laughs> Years Not later. At all. <laughs> Johnny Unusual again, he asks, which two creators of media examined in one nine hundred hot dog would you most like to put in a room together? I think it's S. Rob for sure, mm-hmm. and then I'm. It's really, it's really tight. Oh, I think it would be J.R. Fleming. Whoever J.R. Fleming is, if I can bring him back into this universe, God, that would I be a feel battle. like that would be, you know, the battle at the end of Big Trouble in Little China, mm-hmm. where they're both, where where they both got like their their stands, so to speak, in Jojo terms. Like they're both like both wizards are there just making facial expressions and, and yeah. hand signs as hard as they can while huge neon samurai fight above exactly. them. Yeah. And like I feel like it would be that except for without the neon samurai. Uh-huh. Like that exact scene, but remove all the special effects. And uh <laughs> I would love to see that. Yeah. That would be good. I um decided on the semen eater and the guy who wrote the Urkel joke book, I think would be fascinating <laughs> to watch them figure out how to fuck. Yeah, I think I think the semen eater is going to try to convince anybody in that room to eat his semen. Yep. I think probably only the Urkel joke book guy would be as spineless enough to to acquiesce. <laughs> shot. Maybe uh, I am wrong. Maybe it is normal. We got a, uh, a fuck, Mary kill question, but just no criteria. Just that is what they say. Um, I have the same three answers for each one. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Ooh, that's tough. I would, okay, I would fuck, I would fuck Van for sure. Okay, good. <laughs> I think I'd marry, 
I'd marry Jean. You'd marry Jean. Well, Jean Claude is the one that has a hyphen. Uh, I don't know if I'd marry a Jean Claude. I'd kill a yeah. Jean Claude. Okay, so that means. And then I'd marry Dan. You're gonna marry Dan. Yes, okay. that's beautiful. I'd definitely fuck Van though. You gotta fuck Van. <laughs> you got. You got it. That's what a Van's for. Yeah. Like Lemon Soiree. Uh, they ask, "How do you wait?" I think we've done this one. The Jamie Cutting one. Yeah, we've done that one. Uh, there is a little follow-up. Lemon Soiree asks. Okay. Uh, who decides on the hard cutoff points at the end of the podcast episodes? Is that Brock Wayne, Sean Baby, or Jamie, or both, or neither? Is it a vengeful spirit? It is kind of all of us. You'll hear a, a yeah. lot of times if you listen to the behind the scenes, uh, <laughs> you'll hear it when we just know. Like somebody will say a line, we'll be like, "Whoa, that's it. It's over. Yeah, that's that's done." And sometimes we can sense as a group, like when we're wrapping it up, and we all naturally kind of try to put a button on it. Like we're all trying to get that exit line. Yeah. It doesn't work. Uh, it hardly ever works when you can like feel like, okay, it's been two hours. Let's just go. Yeah. Uh, so in that case, it's often Jamie who will do it in the edits. We'll find just a spot. And, and if they don't, I do a final pass on the podcast episodes after, and then I will be the one who decides that between the three of us, between doing it live in the podcast probably happens about a third of the time between jamie getting it a third of the time third of the time it's just me so it's kind of a it's a team effort all around yeah everybody everybody gets it everybody knows einstein hunter frankfurt einstein hunter frankfurt it's a podcast canals und mit maximalen schau doc frankfurt podcast correct It's Hot Dog Junction, America's last comedy, children's variety, trivia, pee haul laughing for Christ. Now here's Robin Markey. Thanks, Yodel and Julius. I'm Rob, and my friend Marky here wants to tell you all about the supremest cats this side of Job 410. Take it away, Marky. Aaron Croston, Adrian H, Aaron Roy. Alpha Shire Alpha 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 Scientist Java? Yeah! An It's Benjamin Cyranin. Uh-huh. Clementine Danger? Yeah, that's Clementine Danger. Reglamoy! Fires! Candy! Darren the Rogues for free! David Shaw! Dean Costello! Griffin! Dusty's Red Tunnel! Eric Rian! Everything! Francis Ark! Oh, I'm doing really good! Spirit! Jellaho! Greg Cunningham! Hammond! Harappa! 
Harvey Pangoidi. Hot fart. Honk. I know what I got this one. Jaber L. Aiden. Okay. She's Lloyd. Jeff Harasky. Jeff Salter. John Dean. John McCann. John Inca. Joseph Charles. Josh Piss. Joshua Green. Ken Faithy. Kevin M. Hey, Pitt Lisa. Ken Johnny Shafel. Johnny Shafel. That's good enough. Pat Riley. Max Roy. Mark Ricky Lowen. Mark Styles. Those are really hard. Okay, just close and slider. Rojo. Andy. Mia Valley. Errol Schaefer. Michael 104. Nick Wilson. Ozzy Bowling. Patrick Hurts. Patrick Hurts. Patrick Hurts. Yeah, I know. Everybody knows I'm trying to say Hurts, okay? Rachel. Brian Sparkowski. Sean Chase. Scotty Reception. Silver Knot. Brandon. Edith. Hush. 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 Thomas Cossos. I can't. Don't, 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 don't you feel a word. I've got this. Thomas Cossos. Thomas, all right. Thomas Kavatsos. Okay. Tommy Tostigal. Tommy G. Leland Russell. Yanis Ionidas. Yossarian. And last but not least, Vintover. 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 Okay, okay, hold on. I'm going to take it to heart. I'm just gonna do it fast, real fast. Vintolder! I'm gonna help. Vim, vim. Ew, fuck this, I'm gonna go eat some kids. <laughs>